Welcome to Sex Communication, a project aimed at changing how people talk about sex. It features audio recordings of sex acts, extremely frank conversations, and many confessionals. Please note that our content is explicit and uncensored. And while these episodes may indeed arouse you, the intent is to inform and inspire. Join us now for a judgment and shame-free exploration of sex. Sexy, sexy, sex stuff. Sex. Hello and welcome to episode 94. Today is the quickie episode detailing how I got off from December 16th through the 22nd. And my dears, this week I did so much better than the weeks prior. I masturbated four out of seven days. That is right, the majority of the week I spent beating off. Uh, no porn this week. It was all toys. But one thing of note is that, and I don't know if this is a matter of intention or mindset or what, but, you know, while I've been struggling in the prior weeks with having the motivation to masturbate, another thing that I've been struggling with is being able to successfully imagine being touched. You know, that's one of the things that is a very key component of masturbating when I'm not using porn. And, you know, despite the technological advances of sex toys available today, you know, through insertables and vibrators and whatnot, I've never been able to just 100% rely on toys and that be it. I've never been that person that can just put a fucking dildo in their vagina or vibrator on their clit and like be on my merry way. It's this dance of, you know, right stimulation and mental visualization. And I don't know what it is. I don't know why I had been struggling with it for so long. But, you know, I lay down and, um, and this would be, this is really, you know, speaking more to the days when, like last week, when I had masturbated, but I was using porn. Actually, I feel like this was the last two weeks. You know, and I was doing that because I wasn't able to get off <laughs> without the porn. I wasn't able to get off just with the toys. And the reason for that was that, you know, I'd be there in bed and I'd be struggling to imagine being touched and being able to imagine other people involved and touching other people, etc. And I couldn't. And, and I don't know what was getting in the way <laughs> of being able to do that. Um, and to make matters even worse, it wasn't just that I wasn't able to connect with those feelings and thoughts, but that I was left feeling irritated. And I, you know, I don't know if it was irritation at some subconscious recognition of this need to include others in any way in my (laughs) private self-love, which, you know, saying out loud logically makes a lot of sense. I'm very defiant in general, but specifically when it comes to having to rely on other people. And, you know, for masturbation, it's, it's all about self, everything, right? Self arousal and self stimulation and self pleasure and self care and self this, that, and the other thing. And for me, when that involves the inclusion of these outside influences, you know, even though they're only in my head, one could argue, imagined by me and thus created by me and and generated by me. So really, I'm just, it's part of that same self loop. And it's not really relying on other people. It feels like I'm relying on other people. 
This is all just a hypothesis. Maybe accurate. It may not. I'm not really sure. But just given that this week I was successfully able to imagine these things and be aroused by the thoughts and ideas and uh, visual fantasies of these things, this is just something that's been stirring in my mind because, you know, I like to intellectualize the whole experience and especially recounting these things for these episodes. There's a fair amount of analysis that comes with it. So that's my thinking. But it's also brought to mind some more troubling things, right? Because, and I I wonder, you know, I haven't gone back and listened chronologically to all of the how I got off episodes for the year. And I wonder if I did, if I would be able to hear what I feel has been my experience in that I started out feeling very proactive about speaking frankly about sex to kind of normalize a woman being open and upfront about these details. And I went from feeling open to feeling really apprehensive, um, (laughs) almost scared. And the reason being, you know, I, I get a lot of feedback from people and I appreciate all of the feedback good or bad, because, you know, the fact that people are engaging and having a response and then taking the time to express those responses, I appreciate it. But that being said, there has been an overwhelming slant in responses from men and men that I presume to be straight men. The negative responders Those would be the people who take the time to comment really offensive, heinous, insulting, vulgar things on the quickie episodes in particular. And the other seemingly positive responses that I have, the people who take the time to email me or message me on Instagram. For the most part, I would say those people, it's positive and it's 100% positive, (laughs) but not all of them. Um, Because sometimes, (laughs) and man, and I'd say it's probably about a quarter of those responses. They appear to be very positive. They appear to be very supportive. And then at some point, the communication quickly (laughs) devolves to them expressing some desire for me or a request for some sort of sexual uh, exchange you know, be it like a video Skype or masturbating with them or, you know, anything, anything that's sexual and, you know, and kind of quid pro quo, like I've expressed this support and I listen. And so like, this is reasonable of me to request that, you know, you show me your tits or some shit like that. And it's insulting. It's incredibly insulting. I find it really bothersome. And the reason why I'm kind of bringing this up now and kind of, you know, speaking about this shortly after describing how my <laughs> my apprehension towards being very frank and explicit in these episodes has increased as the year has gone on is that, you know, I don't do these episodes to arouse anybody. I don't do these episodes to help some straight guy get off. I mean... 
I understand like people will do with information and content what they will, and that's fine. I guess my issue is like when that response is being so uh, so openly shared with me, it, it makes me really hesitant to be um, completely transparent. You know, like I would love to share with you the details of exactly what is going through my head and exactly like what types of physical contact I'm imagining when I'm getting off. But I don't feel comfortable doing that right now because of the responses I get where people take that as like, I'm sharing with this, this with you to titillate you and I am not. Ugh. And it's complicated because, you know, I'm then in turn not being the kind of honest, forthright person that I set out to be. I don't know, this is really kind of prompted by an interview I recorded a couple of weeks ago that's probably going to air in season two, wherein somebody had emailed me, um, a man, straight man, uh, very supportive, listener, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, we, we emailed back and forth a bit, and uh, they had shared something with me very vulnerable, which, you know, I appreciated their vulnerability, and I asked if they would like to do an interview. And as we went through with the scheduling and kind of settled on Skype, it um, we got closer and closer to the date. And the first red flag was him expressing disappointment that it wasn't going to be a video call. And there was nothing vulgar in that disappointment and that expression. But it was kind of a, a red flag in my head. So I only do audio calls because I don't need the video. And also, like, whatever. It's just, it just has nothing to do with the interview. So we do the interview. We're doing the audio call. And we speak for an hour. And he is, again, very vulnerable. We have a nice conversation. We kind of, like, dive deep into all of these things. And... At the end of the call, I'm thanking him for his time. He's thanking me and then says, you know, and I still would really like to see your tits, but, you know, kind of this like disappointment of like we had the call or whatever, but I'm still left with this longing. And I don't know, just him saying, but I still really want to see your tits. It was so base and so vulgar. And I was so <laughs> insulted and offended and it really took me aback. I mean, here this man was just having this very adult, mature conversation with me. And then, I, I don't know, to, to go there after that was just so disturbing. It was so disturbing. I mean, it still really, really boils my blood when I think about it and when I recount it. And I've been going back and forth of like... <laughs> whether to even acknowledge this, because part of it, you know, is this thought, well, this person is a listener, and do I want to shame them for saying this or whatever? And then it really comes down to if someone's listening with that intention, or, or reaching out to me only with the intention that there's some quid pro quo of some sexual gratification, or like me exposing myself or something. I mean, like, those people can go fuck themselves and they should like leave me the fuck out of it because I I'd rather have no listeners than to have only listeners that have that thought. 
So that's why I'm sharing it with you now. I still have mixed feelings about exactly how I'm going to edit the uh, the interview, whether I include that and speak to that or whatever, but probably going to. I mean, now that I've already opened up this can of worms, uh, I really don't understand the train of thought that precedes making a comment like that. Um, yeah. But anyway, such is what women get to experience in this wonderful day and age that seems so progressive and so like anti-sexual harassment as if it doesn't still happen and as as if that doesn't count as sexual harassment as if I should be so flattered that he wants to see my tits that I I experience no no insult or offense which is just ridiculous um yeah but I'm digressing a bit anyway here we are <laughs> today is the 23rd uh, it is actually officially Festivus Day. Happy Festivus. We have our last regular episode of both the season and year coming up on Thursday. And yours truly will also be um, dabbling and testing some lubricants for the purpose of writing about the pros and cons of all the different lubes that are available to us. You may think, are there really so many lubes? But yes, there really are so many lubes. From the oil-based, the silicone-based, the water-based, the natural products, coconut oil, spit, period blood, what have you, the list goes on and on. Um, so I don't know, I can't remember if I've mentioned it before, but I recently um, made it official that I am a bi-monthly column writer for OV Health, and lubricants are the subject of my next column. They're the same outlet for which I wrote a practical guide to sticking things up your butt, and also most recently kind of a BDSM primer, uh, which we'll be getting linked to on Graphic Paint this upcoming week. And of course, when the other article publishes, that will also be available on Graphic Paint, but I imagine that will be sometime in the first week of January. Anyway, my dears, until Thursday, I wish you well. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sex Communication. Did you dig it? Tell a friend. Subscribe. Leave a review on iTunes. Send an email. I really would love for you to do all of these things. And if you'd like to know more about this project, visit graphicpaint.com sexpodcast for additional episodes and background on how this all began. And if you'd like to be a part of this podcast, send an email to sex at graphicpaint.com. Every story and experience is valuable, so why not do an interview or submit your own filthy audio? Be a part of our revolution and help us spread the message of sexy self-acceptance.